it's actually thinking about, okay, what do you need to do to work on your, your business? Do you need to work out in advance what your um, ongoing education needs are? So what's your professional development? What are you looking for? Are you looking for working more with children and you want to look at look at when Geraldine's doing one of her courses? Or is it you're really interested in cardiovascular health? So you don't end up with oh my goodness, it's the end of the financial year or the calendar year, depending on your organisation. I've got to get another 20 hours in the next month. What am I going to do? And I'll just pick anything that I can get away with. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of that in the groups. People going, oh no, I've just realised it's the end of the year and I haven't done any of my training. What, what has everybody got for free? And I do have free things on mm-hmm. my site so that people mm-hmm. can you know, get some hours. But I'm always saying to people, you know, have a look because mm-hmm. the, the weekends, the big companies have already booked their weekends. Yes. We know when they are. Are. Yeah. And if you've looked at when their big weekends are, you can be doing the early bird on yeah. those. Mentoring with Geraldine is a bite-sized practitioner podcast for naturopaths, nutritionists, herbalists, and practitioners responding directly to the needs of a practicing natural therapist. With interviews, herbal discussions, something business, something clinical, you'll get the variety you need to enjoy and stay motivated in practice. So thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast for our episodes. If you'd like more support, get in contact and I look forward to working with you soon. Hello everyone and welcome to Mentoring with Geraldine and the Bite Size Podcast. How are you all today? Well, I've got another treat for you here in December and we've got Jill Standard here today. Now, Jill has been a naturopath since I don't know if I should say it out loud really loudly 19 what did we say 1991 she qualified so that's 30 years as a naturopath and I mean it just shows that we can all do this I've had almost 20 years and it means that this is a career for life this is something that can transition with us go with us move and change with us as we move and change as well Jill used to be a lecturer at Southern Schools in Melbourne and then she had her own program she had her own radio program in Melbourne as well and that went for 20 years but lecturing at Southern Schools meant that she started mentoring and that's how I started mentoring as well we were both we would have both been still mentoring those people at college and then we went to the broader world once we realized actually there's nobody out there doing what we do and so we kind of came out to help really so um I've asked Jill, oh, you've done retreats, you've mentored, you've educated, you're a lecturer, you're the NHAA, you're currently in the organizing committee for the next conference. So you're a really, really busy lady, (laughs) an extremely busy lady. And um, so I'm so pleased and so lucky to have been able to nab a little bit of time with Jill because we thought we'd talk about quiet quitting today. So Jill, please say hello to everyone and um, tell us a bit about yourself and quiet quitting. Hello, it's lovely to be here and talk to another expat Kiwi, another expat Kiwi naturopath in, in Australia. So quiet quitting, you know, earlier in 2022, I started hearing this phrase quiet quitting and I thought, the heck's that about? And I thought it was quite interesting because to me, the other other way I'd describe quite quitting is working to rule. It's when you're employed and you say, I'm just going to work my hours and work my job spec. I'm not going to answer my phone outside of work. I'm going to take the lunch breaks I'm meant to have. You know, it's kind of like how people used to work and what the wonderful uh, trade union movement actually strived for to get people to have some balance in their life. So then I thought, well, that's fine. So basically, quiet quitting is doing just enough work 
to keep your job. However, the underlying issue with that is when you're being employed. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, in my experience of mentoring for over 20 years, do I actually see signs of quiet quitting in our community, in the health practitioner community? What does that look like? And there's a big downside to it because for most practitioners, if you don't work, you don't get paid. So you haven't kind of got that trade-off. But no. I kind of thought there's, yeah, I thought there were some characteristics that I've seen from practitioners in business and also perhaps even some things that we can borrow from quite quitting in a positive way. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Because, I mean, we do. I mean, when we think about, so my husband's doing a little bit of quiet quitting, I've noticed. You know, he's worked endlessly and tirelessly for the organisation he works for. And he's being treated really badly. So he's like, well, you know, I used to stay on till eight o'clock at night. No, yeah. I'm not staying on till eight o'clock at night anymore. And we can't do that in our business for ourselves. We can't go, well, I'm not going to work on. I still have to pay the bills. But we can be more organized within the times that we work. And we can have a better management system for ourselves. So boundaries. I'm always banging on about yes. boundaries and boundaries for us as our own, you know, our own business are huge. And that's part of it. It's, you know, I decided at the weekend I wasn't going to work. I didn't do anything. I didn't open my computer. I avoided everything I possibly could avoid, including social media, so that I could have a weekend off. Now, it's my own business. We could think of that as quiet quitting or we could term it as boundaries and taking care of myself, having some self-care time. So what can we do within our businesses, Jill? How do you see us taking on a little bit of that quiet quitting? Or perhaps first, how do we recognize this if we're doing this? So I had a really interesting, I tend to work with experienced prackies. So prackies who may have been in business for 10 or more years, or at least a few years, and had a, a group mentoring session with a bundle of them who've been around for a while. And a few people brought up, oh, I saw that article and I did the quiz and I think I've been quite quitting, which I thought was really interesting. So, you know, I think one of the, this comes back to boundaries in a way, but kind of the other flip side of the bound. You know, you've mentioned not working on the weekends if that's not a clinic time. That's one thing. But what about the work that we do within our set hours? Are you quite quitting by going, oh, I've had a cancellation. I'm going to go for a cup of coffee. Am I, I just finished early today. So I actually think one of the things I tend to say to practitioners who go, I'm working at night. I'm doing all my research. I'm doing all this. It's like, well, are you actually, if you actually tried doing that within your hours. Mm. So it's a lot more obvious when you have an external clinic and you're hiring that space or paying rent on that space that it can, it, it's a really nice container. It gets murky when you work from home, but just even if you work from home, think about the hours that you set your books open at mm. and think of those as your work hours. Sometimes I've seen some newer practitioners have their booking system looks like, you know, I'm going to do two hours these nights and I'm going to do this and that. And I go, you know, maybe you need to be a bit less available, yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're actually, that's, you've rein it in and decide what your hours are for now. And so the, you know, that first sign is, you know, that you're, you're actually quite putting on yourself is you're not showing up or you're taking a lot of personal time if yeah. a client cancels or if you haven't got booking. So I think one of the first steps to having good boundaries is thinking about what you're doing in your work hours so that you're not doing them out, out of hours, basically. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, yeah. And, and part of that 
thinking about those work hours is actually booking in semi-regularly some time to actually work on your business. Yeah. And, you know, it's like there's so many things that we need to do in business. And I suppose a really big sign of quiet quitting is you really are only doing the bare minimum you can get away with. Oh, my goodness, my I've got my taxes got to get in or uh, I'm going to do a newsletter and you know, I've got to do that now or I have to do this research because that client's coming tomorrow. It's actually thinking about, okay, what do you need to do to work on your, your business? Do you need to work out in advance what your um, ongoing education needs are? So what's your professional development? What are you looking for? Are you looking for working more with children and you want to look at look at when Geraldine's doing one of her courses or is it you're really interested in cardiovascular health so you don't end up with oh my goodness it's the end of the financial year or the calendar year, depending on your organization I've got to get another 20 hours in the next month what am I going to do and I'll just pick anything that I can get away with I see a lot of that I see a lot of that in the groups people going oh no I've just realized it's the end of the year and I haven't done any of my training what what has everybody got for free and I do have free things on my site so that people can you know get some hours but I'm always saying to people you know have a look because the the weekends the big companies have already booked their weekends yes. we know when they are yeah and if you've looked at when their big weekends are you can be doing the early bird on yeah. those. So I've already booked in one of the company's weekends that I do, and I've already paid the early bird and it's all sorted yeah. for next year, next August. And then the smaller things, I can think to myself, what is, as you were saying, what is my specialty area? Or what do I want to expand into? Do I want to see more women? Do I want to see the whole family? Do I, who is it that I want to see and how can I get more education in that area specifically? I want to see, you know, there's a lot going on maybe with the current virus, you know, the post virus. Mm. So there's a lot of cardiac stuff coming yes. up. For yes. As you said, let's, you know, look at that education and maybe you're booking it in helps you financially to book it in because you know when it's happening. So I've already paid for next August. Yeah. I don't have to worry about that coming up to August. It's done and dusted. My early bird is paid. Yeah. So I mean, I've got the retreat. I had a retreat this year, my first ever retreat. I know you run retreats Congrats. and I determined I was never, ever going to run a retreat. It's just like monumental organization. I've run symposiums. I've run seminars. Ooh. I've run all these. It's a lot of work. It's so much work. I was like, I'm not doing this. And I thought, no, I have to do it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to have it in Adelaide and everyone has to come to me because yes. then I can, I know where everything is. I can organize everything. That actually was great. And so now I've, right, okay. There's another one next year. But those people who came to this one have all said, well, we want to come to the next one. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put it out to the world. You know, obviously, I'm telling the world now, but you won't officially know until February. Well, you're so, warning people that you're probably going to have an early bird in February. Yeah, so there's going to be an early bird. Putting, put your dollars yeah. away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put the dollars away because, but it's not till November. But it yeah. means that you can be looking and going, well, what am I going to do through yeah. the year? My CPA points. Are they specific for me? You know, am I going to do the graduate program? Am I going to do, am I going to do something with Jill? Am I going to, and how am I going to work this into my finances, yes. into my CPD and into my times, my availability? Do I yeah, do it yeah. outside of my availability or inside? So I have a clinical discussion group on a Monday at lunchtime. So people are sitting there eating their lunch and they're like, oh, I've booked a client in there. I'm like, why have you booked a client and you have to eat lunch? It, CPD yeah. and your lunch. At the same time, it's organized yes. to be at your lunchtime so that you can take a break and eat and ask your questions and learn. Yeah. And that actually kind of rolls into another point that I really, really noticed. Mm. And this relates to actually spending time with people 
particularly in person and making connections, is that one of the biggest issues that we have in our profession is isolation. There's mm-hmm. been, I think, John Wardle et all have done research over in, in the last 10 years that just, you know, it's one of the reasons people leave the profession. So I suppose a quite quitting sign that I identify is that you feel isolated, but you're not doing anything to connect with with your peers and other health practitioners who, who might be in your area that you're actually now that we can do things face to face fantastic we can do things by distance but actually you know I, I, my challenge would be for your practitioner listeners to actually book a or commit to an in-person mm. weekend day you know whatever experience in 2023 because those are the times that you really connect with your peers. You get to know people. You learn, it's it's what goes on outside of the sessions that are just as important about what's happening within them. And if you don't do this, your sense of isolation tends to grow. Yeah. yeah isolation so cool. is huge for us, I think. <laughs> and that's one of the cool things about doing the Monday group is then I will go to, I haven't gone to so many in these last couple of years conferences simply because of my mum and having to go to New Zealand and stuff. But normally I will go to two or three a year and it means that people already know me. So they already have a connection. They'll come up to me and, hi, Geraldine, I've seen you in the group. I've seen you in Strictly Education. I've seen you here. I've seen you there. I want to introduce myself. And it takes away, because you've had this connection and this interaction, it doesn't make conferences as scary. Yeah. And it's like, you know, with conferences, I always put it out to people that I work that I've only seen online. It's like, hey, if you're coming, you know, sometimes we look a bit different in real life. If you see me, say hello, introduce yourself. I'm not I'm not being rude if I don't say anything. It's just, you know, it can be sometimes people aren't how you imagine them. Yeah, they're totally not. It's yeah. um, And that first time you meet people, yeah. I was with a group of people for a year and then we all went on retreat and then we all said the same things for it. Oh, you're really tall. Oh, yeah. you're actually a lot shorter. Because, of course, we're all the same height online. That's right. Yes, we sit up straight. Yes, yeah. Um, but we're all we're all the same height. We're all, I mean, yes, I normally, I find I've got blue hair today, but okay. normally I have pink hair. So I'm easy to find with my pink hair. You've got some pink hair at the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trialing a few new colors. So, you know, it's, we are accessible. Come and say hello to us at these things. But at the same point, we have to make sure we're connecting on a regular basis. And you can yeah. set up your own groups. Yes. If you set up your own chat group, you know, it's like everyone relies on somebody else to do something mm-hmm. and we can't rely on other people. We can't rely on other people. So there isn't a chapter in Adelaide at the moment because yeah. I ran it for a really long time. And then I was like, guys, no I'm... one else stood up and mm-hmm. no one else stood up. So there's no chapter. There's no meeting. Yeah. Now I can, and then people say to me, when are we having the next chapter meeting, Geraldine? You haven't done one for a while. I'm like, you just said that you take yeah. it on, you know, be it. But you can do that in any community. Yeah. If you're in the countryside, who are your other nearest practitioners with? Because chances are you'll be traveling 100 Ks to get to Kmart or wherever. Yeah. So why not see if you can't meet up for a coffee when you're there? When I was in Darwin, I was in um, the Northern Territory in July. And I'd made a plan with my Araya rep to meet up with a few of the locals and have coffee. I got COVID. I didn't Mm. get to meet anyone. I was in quarantine instead. Yeah. But the point was that, you know, we can meet people. We're going somewhere. Put it on Facebook. Hey, I'm here. Is anybody around to meet? Because you might just discover people that you didn't know were there. I even have students that I taught in the 90s in Mm. Melbourne. One in particular is a Kiwi who's been really successful when she moved back to New Zealand. And when she comes to Sydney now, we do everything we can to catch up 
because mm. it's like, you know, it's it's having those, although she's incredibly well connected in her own community, it's like, mm. tell, me, tell me what conferences I should come to, you know, tell me this and tell me that. And it's like, and it doesn't just have to be, you know, when I moved to Sydney, so I'd been practicing in Melbourne for 22, mm. 23 years. I knew people, moved to mm. Sydney and it's like, oh, this is like a foreign country. Yeah. And I was really lucky because I discovered that a naturopath that I started to get to know, who'd been in practice for a few years, had set up an inner west. Oh, it's got a funny name, inner west, kind of like, you know, it's kind of a practitioners of all kind meetup group. And so there are chiropractors, there are physiotherapists, podiatrists, the most committed people to turning up are the naturopaths and nutritionists and herbalists. And mm. it was like, oh my goodness, I'm walking into this community that's already here. It's friendly. We're meeting at the pub for lunch. You know, it's it just takes one person to, to try to get a few people together. So if you're feeling isolated, maybe the optician who's working on her own down the street is feeling isolated. It doesn't just have to be people. I mean, it's having a network or a referral network is really important. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a great way of, you know, bouncing those ideas off Mm. of it and realizing, you know, in social media, we're all doing amazingly well. You know, there are no traumas. There are no worries. We're all in beige um, and we all look perfect, don't Mm -hmm. we? on social media and then when you actually get to it and you start talking to people and the last thing I was at there was um, a local we had a we had someone come and talk to us and he um, we we didn't have many people there he didn't tell many people he was coming to talk about his product so there were about 10 of us there but when we all started talking like two of them said I don't see any naturopathy clients anymore at all you know, it's just not buzzing for me. I'm doing mm. acupuncture. Mm. Um, somebody else was like, well, you know, it's like, well, do I do this? And do I do that? And, and so once we get to see people in real life, we actually make those discoveries that what we're seeing on socials mm. often very, very different. That's a good quite quitting kind of question too, is that, you know, you say you don't have any time, but how much time during your work hours are you spending on social media? And is mm-hmm. that scrolling through rather than actually creating your own strategy for posts, which are targeting your ideal client and where he or she or they are going to hang out and just scrolling through. So your practice is quiet. So you're on social media, you're on Instagram, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So many prackies say to me that they feel quite ill sometimes, particularly Instagram because it is, so picture perfect and thinking everybody's doing so well, but what about me? And it's like, well, it's that's just the picture that they, they want to put out there. This is not real life. And actually, if it's making you feel ill, don't scroll. Think about your own posts for your target community and do that. So, yeah, you know, have falling down that rabbit hole on social media. Because the other thing is, what is perfect for one won't be perfect for another. So when my kids were little, so when my daughter was in kindy and my well, before that, you know, I could only do, I could only see four clients a week. So I would be full and I would say I'm full, but I had four clients a week. So someone, you know, we have to realize that what is perfect for one and what is right for one won't be right for another. You know, if you're working full time, Monday to Friday, nine to five, and you've rented a room and you're seeing four people, then, you know, what are your strategies? What are you thinking about? How can you improve it? Whereas if you've got, 
you know, little mm-hmm. kids and you're pretty much doing everything yourself and four kids a week is actually four clients a week is actually a lot. Look, I have a theory that there's one of the reasons our business probably needs to start quiet is that it's quite overwhelming when you first start working yeah. with people. Four yeah. clients feels like 40 clients and you're going off and doing extra research and going back to your notes and thinking things through and overthinking things probably because you've got so much time to think about things. But, you know, it's that, I mean, in Melbourne, I was seeing 30 to 35 clients a week over three days. I worked, I worked part-time. I worked three days a week with clients and I do, after a while I realized, oh, and I have a non-client work day or half work day a week where I catch up on newsletters and everything else that that's full. That's yeah. full. I can't, you know, you know, after 20 something years, I went, I can't work at that pace anymore. And there's also that, that whole stuff around burnout. Yeah. What I point out is if we if any of your listeners are looking at my 12 points about the quiet quitting is these are also signs potentially of burnout as well. And that little uh, experience mentoring catch up, I, I mentioned the other thing that happened later in the session was almost everybody admitted to having a significant episode of burnout in the last year to year and a half. Some of that burnout's been greater in 2022 because we were in survival mode for two years. People who are homeschooling were just trying to keep their head above water and try to do their business as well. And now we've had a bit more of normality except people are getting Mm. sick at the moment, a bit more normality. Then it's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I didn't you know, and I speak for myself too. I mean, I've been, was really lucky in the previous, you know, many years that I could at the point in my business where I can take four or even five weeks off a year and have a decent holiday in the middle of the year, which is fantastic. So 2020 came along and that was all cancelled and I haven't gone and done a trip like that since then. And uh, spending, and when you spend more time at home, when you work from home, you're always time to go and uh, do a little bit more work or look at something. I think we all need a good rest. I think we do too. I think, you know, and that's why, you know, I batch my podcast so that we, and over this December, so it's all conversations with people Mm -hmm. so that I can rest. Yeah. So that if, you know, you're listening on this podcast now, you're hopefully doing something enjoyable. I listen to podcasts while I'm walking. I'll listen to podcasts while I'm doing the garden. So that hopefully you're doing something that is enjoyable for you as well. And you're getting that break over this summer period that we all, I think we all need. I think I'd, we're I'd always, I'd even say actually over your break, say you're taking two weeks or four weeks or whatever off over Christmas. Actually, don't listen to the podcast then. When you're getting back into business in the new year, this is all if you're having a kind of prep day before you start to see clients, then start listening to the podcast again. That actually, you wanted some time off. Unless you're actually listening right now, don't stop Oh, no, no, don't stop. No, no, don't. Absolutely. (laughs) Don't don't, don't stop now. Just keep listening. But also think about, you know, sometimes we need that that pause between the thoughts to actually find out the genius of what's going Mm. on. That, you know, keeping in mind that there have, even even last year there were still a lot of holidays being cancelled last Mm. Christmas, that if you're actually having some time off if you're away or at home to actually take that time off so you've got a chance of starting the new year refreshed yeah and part of that time off I think we go go back to social media which you know it's brilliant and it's awful it's it's a time suck and it's an inspiration at the same time to actually take time off social media while particularly if it's a social media platform that you're using for work Mm. your clients need to know that you are not available 
that you're on holiday, that you're uncontactable. So when you go back to your boundaries, you know, remember your boundaries are, I'm not here. I am out of the clinic from this date to this date. Then take a social media pause as well. If you've got a private Facebook page with your friends or, you know, private Insta page, whatever, fine. But if it's the platform that you are using for your business, you need to walk the talk. You can't then complain. I got a got a text from this client at nine o'clock last night. Don't they know I'm on holiday? You know, and it's like, well, no, you're giving them a message that you're available and that you're around. So part of your boundaries is being clear with your social media boundaries as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on boundaries and on the end of boundaries, I think we will close today's discussion. Yeah. So thank you so much, Jill, for chatting with us. It's really good to have you here on the podcast. I really enjoyed it. And I love catching up with you. And I will see you at the NHAA International Conference in 2023. So I hope everyone's put that in their diary and that they're looking at, oh, I could book that in and get my points because that's an entire year's worth of points. Get the points. And if you're coming from outside of Melbourne, your flight is a tax deduction or your transport, your get the hotel because it's a tax deduction. Yeah. You know, the, the aim in business is to earn enough money so you pay tax. Yeah, yeah. And then and um, your food is a tax deduction. Yes, absolutely. Yep. In Melbourne, except buying shoes. <laughs> Where else do you go? Is your uniform? No, I don't think you get uh, shoes. You, can't, no, you, have to, you can get bags. You can get, you get bags. bags. You can get bags, but you have to stitch your name on your clothes. For it to <laughs> uniform so we don't want to do that no, yeah, no we don't. <laughs> uh, internal labels maybe yes, yeah. no that's i'd be cheating a bit anyway thank you so much for chatting with us jill it's been absolutely brilliant having you here today it's a pleasure thanks thanks so much for joining me today don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast for the weekly episodes if you'd like even more support and learning then the academy is for you here you'll find part two of the herbal discussions, more clinical learning and case studies to support your clients in practice. Bye for now.